Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Todd Stanton, and he's with Stanton Law. Welcome, Todd. Welcome. Thank you very much. I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to talk with you guys today. Well, I'm excited to get caught up. What's happening at Stanton Law? Uh, why don't you let people know what your specialty is and how you're serving the folks here? Sure. So we're a, a boutique business side firm. Uh, we have 15 attorneys, including litigators, uh, a couple transactional attorneys, uh, an ERISA specialist doing uh, health and welfare and executive comp. Uh, we have a sub-practice with the Americans with Disabilities Act, Trust and Estates, and an intellectual property attorney. Uh, so we we try to meet the, the uh, full legal needs on the side of uh, small and medium-sized businesses. Uh, our focus is really on trying to keep your business issues from becoming legal problems in the first place. And, uh, uh, we have certainly been busy coming out of uh, out of COVID, and as we're dealing with employee retention issues and uh, 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 the normal slate of employment law problems, it's a it's a good time to be be on the business side of the law. So now, has the pandemic and the uh, advent of all this work from home um, and this, uh, you know, this hybrid and all this stuff, does that open up uh, the employer for some challenges that maybe they hadn't thought about if they had never done this before? Yes, but maybe not for the reason that uh, you think. Uh, I think that uh, 2020 and 2021 really reset a bunch of employee expectations for what uh, for what work was. Uh, and while they were forced to be at home, uh, they, uh, they found that they could still be productive. Uh, a lot of employers found that, uh, they could still, uh, get productive employees. Uh, and now as we're moving back to, to, a, you know, where most folks can, uh, if it, if it's required to be at work, some folks are saying, I don't want to, uh, anymore. So I think that that's part of the great, the, you know, this great resignation that you hear is people have figured out that they're, they don't need to be at a, a nine to five job and don't want to be at a nine to five job. Uh, and employers are struggling to, to figure out whether or not they want to be a work from home or a hybrid company. Now, from a, from a legal standpoint, it doesn't change a whole lot. If, if a company wants their folks to be at home, I mean, excuse me, to be at, be in the office, they can certainly require that in most instances. Uh, but from, it's more of a business problem about whether, whether you're going to be able to recruit and retain, uh, solid and productive, uh, talent, uh, if their expectation is to work from home, uh, full or part-time and your expectation is that they, they report to work every day. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a, a, a source of, uh, friction, I guess, a, a source of, uh, questions from employers. Uh, but again, coming at it from a business standpoint than a legal standpoint is probably going to get them more miles than, than treating it as a, a pre-litigation event. Now, when the pandemic started and people were kind of forced to work from home, that the expectation was, OK, I got to work from home because I, I can't go back into the office. Mm-hmm. So now when they say, hey, the pandemic's over for us, so um, you have to come back in and the employee says, 
look, I've been just as productive here. I mean, I, I didn't miss a beat. You know, I, I don't want to go back. Is that a renegotiation or is that like a like is the employer allowed to just say, well, if you don't want to come back? I think Elon Musk said, I'm assuming if you're not here, you've resigned. Like, is that is it that simple for the from the employer standpoint? They can say something like that. It can be for for most of the employees. But it, it, look, you've talked with enough lawyers on your program, Lee, you know, there's no yes or no answer when you're dealing with an attorney. It's always going to be, it depends. Uh, and in this situation, the when when that instance comes up, like I said, in 90% of these cases, yeah, if the boss wants you at work, it doesn't matter whether you would prefer to work from home. Uh, Georgia is a firmly at-will state, and uh, they can fire you for a good reason, bad reason, no reason at all, and certainly uh, not not reporting to work as you're told is is a good reason. Um, that being said, uh, if there is a, uh, a, a one of several reasons that they are required, they, you might be entitled to work from home. Uh, there's a law that affects uh, uh, employee, employers with 15 or more employees uh, called the Americans with Disabilities Act. Uh, and if there is a uh, if, the, if the employee has a, uh, a qualifying disability, they might be entitled to a reasonable accommodation, which might uh, entitle them to work from home. Uh, for a, for either a permanent or indefinite period of time, uh, certainly an intermittent time might be reasonable in those cases. Other types of medical leave uh, um, for either the for the employee or their children or immediate family member might also uh, make it such that being at home is is a prudent thing to do. But at the end of the day, when we're down to where uh, we're arguing about the walls uh, and whether somebody has the right to work from home and whether they're entitled to work from home and whether the employer has to let them work from home uh, or can make them report to the office. In many instances, uh, you know, the, the battle's already lost at that point. The, the, the relationship might be broken to the point where things have been said or, or trust has been broken and that the, it, it might not work. Let, our advice is to try to work this out and find something that's a, a win-win for both parties. Uh, understanding that if it's a good employee, uh, you need that work done and, and making the concession that they get to work from home part or full time uh, might ultimately be the best best business decision or the best decision for the bottom line rather than trying to find somebody else out there that, as we know, is a, a pretty tight labor market. Now, let's talk a little bit about your backstory. I know you came from a large firm and then decided to launch this uh, kind of boutique firm. What was the thinking there of making that transition from kind of the, you know, that traditional, I'm going to go to law school, work in a big firm, become partner, you know, that, you know, we've watched enough movies to see that play out. Um, but you yeah. decided to kind of pull the ripcord and said, you know what, I'm going to go my own way and I'm going to make this the way that I want it to be. Yeah, I, I enjoy telling the story. Um, so I, you're right. My trajectory uh, coming, uh, going into law school and coming out of law school uh, was to work for a big law firm and be a big law partner. Um, some of that is uh, uh, for the reasons that, that most people see. I mean, uh, they make a lot of money uh, and for the most part uh, lead a pretty good life. Uh, they certainly, the paycheck uh, w will allow them to do it if they've got other, their other priorities straight. Um, I did that for about nine years through uh, two firms that I uh, I really enjoyed. Both of them treated me very well. Um, but as I, I was looking at what partnership meant uh, at a big law firm, and I was asking around what are the qualifications to make partner at the at the large global firm where I was in 2009 and 10. 
And finally, a, a practice group leader, a lovely lady named Elaine Cook, uh, told me that I was asking the wrong question. She said, you don't, you shouldn't be asking whether or how, what it takes to make partner. You should be asking what it takes to develop a practice to make partnership inevitable. And that subtle switch in thinking uh, led me to conclude that all lawyers are self-employed. And I was responsible for whether they work for a firm or not. And I was responsible for building my practice. And being an employment lawyer in a big firm, I recognized pretty quickly I was going to have a difficult time building that practice in that current environment with my contacts. Uh, most of Stanton Law's clients, even today, are employers with less than 500 500 uh, employees. Those employers generally cannot afford those law those large law firm rates, uh, and so I was able to decide to. Uh, say, let me go service these clients with whom I already have these relationships and and uh, fill what I saw as a need. I, I will say that when I was looking at uh, leaving and I talked to other uh, lawyers who had left the big law firm nest uh, and, and gone out to either small or, or solo or non-traditional type firms, um, when I asked them what they would have done differently uh, in, their, in their leaving, every one of them, 12 for 12, said that they would have done it earlier. Uh, it is just a different and, in my opinion, a more enjoyable way of life uh, to have still have a lot of responsibility, uh, but to have authority and to have autonomy uh, that's that's commensurate with that with that responsibility. It's just a, a, a much more liberating uh, way to be uh, for me, at least. And I, whether self-employment is for everybody remains to be seen. But I would certainly encourage lawyers who are looking for a, a better balance between their work life and their their uh, personal life uh, to consider small and uh, small and non-traditional firm life. But one of the big um, additions to your, your um, job requirements are leadership. I got to hire. There are certain elements now that everything becomes your problem rather than you're just kind of a cog in a machine and you can just be heads down and doing what you got to do. Has that, sure. you know, that part of it, um, are you enjoying that part of it? Is that something that you've been able to, um, you know, build the team that you wanted to build at the speed you wanted to build it? Well, there's it, enough is never enough uh, when it comes to that. I mean, I, and a large part of running any business, I suppose, is chasing that overhead, right? And finding the balance between having enough infra infrastructure uh, to generate the revenue and then enough revenue to, to, to support the infrastructure and then and add more. Um, so have I grown as fast as I would like to? Perhaps not. Um, and certainly some days the crown is heavy and being the boss of, of uh, uh, at a law firm and having your name on the door um, does pose leadership challenges. But I like being around the people with, uh, that we work with. Uh, one of my major tenants for both business development and with the firm is we don't really have a, a work life and a, and a home life. We, we, uh, we integrate those very, very well. Uh, and so it, it takes a little bit of the sting out of working hard and working a lot when we're, we're blending it with the things that we like to do anyway, uh, that, that, I, that Branson, the Richard Branson quote about not having a life, not having a, a work life and not having a play life is a, um, a, a standard around our, our shop. Um, we also are a why-based firm, and our why for Stanton Law is that we build and maintain fulfilling and sustainable lives both in and out of work. 
Um, our attorneys are expected to pay attention to their family obligations because they can be better employees. They're better lawyers when they have a, a satisfying life outside of the office. And we, we emphasize that and we live it. And if I'm able to model that, that's the most persuasive, persuasive leadership that I can, I can imagine. Uh, and giving those other people space to do the things that interest them while they, while they make their handsome paycheck. Uh, serving their clients. So now when you make the leap and then Stanton Law is you at the beginning, um, how did you know, like, did something happen where you're like, okay, we're going to be okay. This is going to work out. Um, I don't remember an epiphany moment like that. Uh, I mean, we've made it 10 and a half years now. I think we're over. I, you know, being self-employed and, and running a business, I, I don't know of many people who uh, don't have that feeling that they're one month away from foreclosure, right? Even though I know that's not going to happen. Uh, I look at a, a horrible P&L from April and I'm thinking, oh gosh, this is even April uh, 2022, I say, this is horrible. This is a disaster. But then we turn around and May was a great month and we're back right back on track. So I don't know that there's ever been a, a spot where the switch flicks and you say, I've made it and we're in good shape. Uh, I know we do good work and I know that uh, the people uh at Stanton Law, we're all pulling together on this. Uh, but no, there wasn't a there wasn't a flash of light, a burning bush moment where I realized that we had crested the hump and were were able to put it on cruise control. I, I will say that an, another part about that is is knowing that you have good clients and servicing them and keep and that they will keep coming back is is really important. Uh, we our bills are relatively small compared to to the larger law firms. Uh, and we have lots of repeat clients coming back to us and paying uh, very modest rates for legal services, not because our, our rates are necessarily that much lower, but because we're pretty efficient and we want to keep them coming back. And having a stable of loyal clients is is probably the thing that lets me sleep at night knowing we're not going to go belly up at any particular time. Well, I would think that that's a marker that things are going OK. Another marker might be that when lawyers are saying, hey, Todd, you know, any openings, I would think that's mm -hmm. another marker that that people, the right people that fit your culture want to work with you or th these are signs that you might be doing something right. Yeah, let me give you another example of that one that uh, I'm, I'm really pretty proud of. So uh, last summer, uh, one of our, uh, I think uh, Amy is a seventh year attorney. Uh, she had worked with us as a clerk. Uh, as a third year at Georgia State Law School. And then she came right with us and became an associate. And she approached me about this time last year and said that she uh, had gotten an offer from another boutique firm uh, that was essentially going to double her uh, compensation. Uh, it was going to require more hours. It would re require some more structure for her, um, but that it was her dream job and certainly was going to give her and her husband a uh, a, a cushier income than than what she was earning at Stanton Law. And I knew what was coming next. And she surprised me. And she said, and I've turned it down. She said, I like what we're building here at Stanton Law. I believe in what your mission is. I believe in the, what we're trying to do together. Uh, and so I've turned it down. Um, there's a postscript to that story uh, that uh, I wrote a, a very almost a viral LinkedIn post about that story and how proud it, I was of it and how happy I was. Uh, with Amy's decision. Um, and about two months later, she came back to me and she said, Todd, I've, I've reconsidered and I've decided to take that uh, big job now. 
and I was obviously disappointed. Uh, and then the next postscript to that was she worked at that boutique for a week and decided it was not for her and came back to Stanton Law again. So I think that, yes, when you start to see people who are enjoying working with us uh, and then and then you see this where they tried something else and realized that uh, that big paycheck comes at a price uh, and that there are other things about work, uh, other things about even being a lawyer, uh, that that compensation uh, of pure paycheck can't really cover. And that's what that's what I'm banking on is that uh, if we provide happy a place for employer and uh, lawyers to be happy. Uh, they're going to be better lawyers, uh, and ultimately, that's a, that's going to be a good client retention strategy as well. Now, are you finding that this is a trend in um, in cities around the country where there's law firms that are taking the tack that you're taking, this kind of entrepreneurial uh, culture that's attracting certain types of uh, lawyers that want to do a certain type of work in a certain manner rather than go that kind of classic route of big firm, partner, et cetera? Yeah, I think that uh, non-traditional firms is how I'll shorthand that uh, are certainly gaining steam. Uh, I I owe a lot to Mark Taylor and, and Joe English at Taylor English Duma, uh, both of whom I had good relationships with before before starting Stanton Law. Uh, not only by helping me, you know, have ideas and supporting the supporting the effort, but by really plowing a lot of ground and making uh, uh, corporate clients much more comfortable with. Uh, with non-traditional firms, with lawyers who are more entrepreneurial, uh, leaving the leaving the the, the big midtown model, uh, Joe and Mark uh, did a lot of a lot of work pioneering that, and I would submit that a lot of um, non-traditional firms, uh, in one way, shape, or form, uh, have a a model adapted off of what what Mark and Joe came up with. Uh, Stan Law uh, does to some extent, and then there's the the other. Um, the, the purely virtual firms, Fisher Boyles jumps to mind there, uh, who offer a lot of the benefits of self-employment uh, for very low overhead. They don't provide necessarily all the same lawyer services uh, or benefits that you know a brick and mortar shop does. Uh, but it is certainly the case that uh, having an alternative to a 1900, 2100 uh, billable hour year uh, is is attractive to to my peers as well as a younger generation that would want something more out of uh, a legal career than forty years behind a desk and a and a gold watch on the way out. Now, are the clients uh, typically the folks that just can't afford the big firms, or are you getting some of these larger clients that are saying, you know what, let's give some of our business to these non traditional uh, practices? <laughs> Oh, I like this question too. So among the big, among big corporate clients that the joke around our place is that no one ever got hired. No one ever, no general counsel ever got fired for hiring King and Spalding. So if there's, if there's bet the company litigation, if there is enormous transaction, uh, certainly a marquee and a branded name with the very good uh, and smart lawyers at, at, at reputed law firms is the safe bet, right? Uh, and larger companies are not going to be certainly not as fee sensitive as as you know, groups with less than 500 folks. Um, we have been able to crack into uh, to larger companies, uh, several large uh, companies here in Atlanta. We count among our clients, uh, but we usually do niche work for them. Uh, we uh, we respond to to uh, HR complaints for one for one large company. We respond to third party subpoenas. 
uh, for uh, another large client. We do internal investigations for another. So we don't necessarily get the the bet the company pieces coming out of that large out of those large companies, but there's a place for us. Uh, and we and our and our margins can uh, still generate good uh, or our our rates can still generate good revenue, and we're still able to keep our overhead low and generate good margins. Um, but I, I'd be I'd be lying if I said that our bread and butter was not uh, much smaller companies from the 250 and down is where our 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 bread and butter is, and those groups uh, in most instances do not have the uh, the legal resources, the legal budget in order to to pay those large firm rates. That's true, uh, and they need somebody who is a, a little bit more closer to their P and L than somebody who sits in the, in the Midtown office tower. So be it, that's where I think that uh, being an entrepreneurial law firm, being business owners ourselves, uh, certainly helps uh, speak the language of our smaller clients who generate uh, probably about 80% of our revenue comes from uh, clients with less than 300 employees. So if there is a business out there with less than 300 employees that wants to learn more about what you have to offer or maybe engage you in... Uh conversation what is the website yeah we are at uh, stantonlawllc.com stantonlawllc.com and that selecting a lawyer process uh, we're in the middle of a, a linkedin campaign with that too uh interview lots of lawyers and find a fit don't don't please don't pick it just on rate either too high or too low uh finding somebody whose approach uh matches with yours uh whose advice you you genuinely trust and understand from where they're coming. Uh, that's the most important part about finding a, an attorney uh, and, a, and, a, and a counselor with whom you're going to hopefully have a, a longstanding business relationship. Stanton Law fits for some, uh, but if, if you're interested in a hard-nosed litigator, maybe that's not maybe that's not us. Maybe there's another boutique that goes uh, goes a little bit harder charging. If you're more interested in the business aspects of it uh, and solving problems rather than picking fights. Uh, that's more our speed. So I would encourage people who look at that to certainly give us a try and kick our tires. Uh, but don't don't just interview us. Find the right fit for your business. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. Well, Todd, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Lee. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio. 